The light at the end of the tunnel was becoming brighter, even as the clouds around him were transformed from gray to white. Looking at his hand, he discovered that he could see straight through it to the clouds beyond. Weird, he whispered, though he quickly realized he could not hear his voice. No, he heard it only within his mind. This is so cool, he thought. For a time, he didn't know how long he was transformed in a state of a pure spirit, free from the limitations of any physical form. In this state of being, he felt indeed close to God. As far as he was concerned, he could have remained in this state forever. Then, all too soon, physical reality returned. It materialized all around him in the form of a great white antechamber of glistening grandeur. Towering marble columns supported a ceiling of dazzling light, and beyond that, a soft white billowing mist extended as far as the eye could see. There was music, too, the most wonderful music he had ever heard. It seemed to be coming from everywhere. Was it real, or was the music simply a manifestation that existed within his mind? He could not say for sure. Then he beheld something more awe-inspiring than the architecture, more beautiful than the music. A man in a long white robe stood about twenty feet in front of him. Chris realized that this was the man he had seen at the end of the tunnel, the great luminary who radiated not only light but love. There had been no formal introduction. No band of angels gathered about him, yet Chris knew him from the instant he first saw him. This man was Jesus. It should have been no great surprise after all. He was the light of the world and the light at the end of it. He had the appearance of a man in his mid-thirties, handsome and solidly built, with light brown hair and a well-trimmed beard. Even now, his form was practically radiant. Yet it was his deep blue eyes that caught Chris's attention. They were so kind, so very deep. Serena tried her best to get some sleep. For a time, she dreamt of Chris and the Rock House in Oregon. In her dream, she was lying in bed by his side, his arm wrapped around her. She could hear his gentle breathing, hear him call her name in the night, feel him gently caress her. Sadly, it was an illusion, a phantasm a ghost of a time that would never be again. Her dreams were all too frequently interrupted by a commotion in the hallway, as yet another damned soul was ushered through to await their fate. The pattern of sleep and rude awakenings was repeated at least half a dozen times before a different sort of disturbance caught Serena's attention. She rose to her feet to hear screams from somewhere far down the corridor. It was not just the screams of one or two individuals, but those of a great multitude. She stumbled to the bars of her cell to find out what was happening. The commotion had attracted Benny's attention as well, for he already stood by the bars of his cell, doing his best to peer into the corridor beyond. Something is happening, he confirmed, turning to Serena. This might be it. Oh, God, gasped Serena taking a step back. She knew this moment was coming, 
She had tried to prepare herself for it, but she realized now she wasn't ready for the reality. It was now. It was time. If only she could get out of her damnable cell, run, hide, do something, anything but wait helplessly. She wrapped her hands around the cold metal bar in frustration, testing them a final time with all too predictable results. Serena turned away from the bars and paced back and forth several times. She wanted to pray, but God wasn't listening, was he? Prayers were for earth and heaven, not this place. Nonetheless, she found herself on her knees. Lord God, I know it's too late for prayers, too late to plead for your mercy. If you're listening, all I ask is that you give me the strength to face what is to come. Serena hesitated before continuing. Lord, look after my husband, Chris. I know 